are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On NBA podcast. I want to thank you all for joining us, making the show part of your daily routine. It's a Wednesday, which means it's me, John Corrales, but pinch hitting for Jake Madison, who is out today, is Matt Peck, host of the Locked On Bulls podcast. Matt, how are you feeling today? John, my good man, it's good to be with you again. I feel like the last time we did a show together was when we were breaking down an episode of The Last Dance when the entire yeah. sports world was at a standstill. <laughs> I know, I know, in the middle of a pandemic, uh, breaking down documentary footage that's carefully combed right. over. Like <laughs> so, well, it's good to have you back. Uh, very excited to be talking. Uh, finals preview coming up later on in the third segment. Ben Simmons rumors dropping now we're, we're into rumor season now ben simmons rumors in the second segment we're going to kick it off with Kawhi leonard getting his acl surgery a partially torn acl this episode is brought to you by spotify green room download the app join me matt you on uh spotify green room you doing those uh, no we we are not we're waiting to get back because i'm an android guy so they only have it in beta right now and i'm yeah. waiting <laughs> I'm one of the beta testers on Android, so uh, I am doing it. I'm, I'm blazing the trail for you. Join me on Friday that. afternoons. Download the app. Uh, Friday afternoons, get into the action at Spotify Green Room. Okay, Kawhi Leonard, this is not a surprise. We knew that he had an ACL injury, partially torn ACL. Uh, we've been trying to figure out how long he's going to be out. All the good doctors at the uh, Locked On NBA group chat have been trying to figure out the, the time frame. Uh, the it seems like somewhere in the vicinity of six months is the expectation. So let me ask you, Matt, where do the Clippers go as this is happening? Do they just ride it out and say, "Hey, look, Paul George did a great job in the playoffs without him. We're just gonna we're just gonna ride it and see how we do." And the most important thing is is gonna be having him healthy for the playoffs. Or do you think they they try something to try and make up the difference? I, I mean, it's a tight spot. All I just, all I know is I don't envy the Clippers front office right now trying to figure this out. We did get that report uh, Tuesday morning from Shams about how the Clippers are one of the few teams rumored to be very interested in Lonzo if, in fact, the Pels are ready to let him walk as a restricted free agent if he gets a, quote, significant offer. Um, but the Clippers are up against it with their cap situation, man. They don't have a whole lot of flexibility um, and they might be looking at the fact that they could be in, in the Western Conference Finals, in the finals, were it not for that Kawhi injury. Paul George had some good moments, some bad moments. It, it's like they're 0 for 2 as the whole you know Kawhi PG super team, and some people are already saying, well, that's over. Kawhi will opt out. He'll, he'll decide what, what he wants to do next. It, if I'm the Clippers, I, I'm not in any hurry to try and figure out what to do after Kawhi Leonard. The hope is that Kawhi Leonard goes through the rehab of this injury, comes back, and is still Kawhi Leonard, and you still have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. But the, but the one hang-up that, of course, a lot of people are talking about is, well, yeah, it could be as short as a six-month recovery time, but this is Kawhi, captain of load management, Leonard, that we're talking about. So how does that work out? Yeah, this is going to be a real interesting situation here for the Clippers because they're, they're limited in what they can do. Basically, they have – one more kind of move left in them, I think. They can use Patrick Beverly's contract to try and swing a trade somewhere. Now, who's going to want Patrick Beverly? I don't know. But at $14.3 million expiring, that's something that could net you 
some sort of help. Now, when the Celtics had uh, Kemba Walker before they made the trade with OKC, I was looking at the Clippers as a potential destination for Kemba Walker because they're, they're desperate. He's still good, and they need somebody to go in there and score some points for them. You, you give up the defense in Patrick Beverly, but he, his defense is starting to, like I think, tail off a little bit. Yeah. You make a move, you 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 give Beverly and Kennard and whatever you need to do there to get Kemba Walker. Is that something now OKC is going to do, or is there any other move on the horizon here that the Clippers can make? That that's where I'm sitting here at. Do the Clippers try to find that guy that could ultimately be the third leg of of this scoring trio mm-hmm. that? will be the second leg behind Paul George until Kawhi comes back? Or do they just, you know, try and hold this thing together like the Bluesmobile until they get where they're going? Right. They finally pull into not the parking lot, but right the building, and the entire car just falls apart, right? It's one of the best seasons in the whole movie. Uh, but, but I think you make a good point in that they don't – not only are they – you know, like totally up against it as far as the cap and, and uh, you know, in, in the luxury tax situation, but – they don't really have a lot of likable and and desirable assets to to dangle to try and create some space to go out and get somebody. I mean, you mentioned Pat Bev. I agree. I've never been. I, I've always thought he's a little bit overrated. And of course, now everybody has a sour Pat Bev taste in in their mouth as yep. far as other teams, just based on the way he behaved as the Clippers, you know, tucked their tails between their legs with that bush league shove at the end of that series. And Luke Kennard is a dude who's making hand over fist more money than he should be making considering that he was deemed to be unplayable in large stretches of the postseason for the Clippers. So who's who's given the Clippers the, the maneuverability they need or maybe the player they want for either of those guys? I, I just don't see it. Um, the Kemba thing is interesting. And, I, you know, seeing Kemba and PG uh, see what they could do together while, while Kawhi is on the mend, I don't hate that idea. But like you said, I mean, I, how, how do they go about getting that done? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the pick situation is for the Clippers. If they had one more first-round pick to throw somewhere, I just think it but would they be... mortgaged all of their picks, didn't they, to make PG so. and Kawhi I happen? So. I, think, I think they've given up all of their tradable picks. But I, I don't know if when this season flips, if they've got one more first-round pick to move. And only because Sam Presti loves first-round picks – it would be so amazing again for for Presti to pull off a get a first round pick for for Kemba. You know the Celtics gave up a first round pick to, for them to take Kemba, and right. then to trade Kemba and get one on the way out. That would be just, I mean, mind blowing again for Presti to pull that off. But that's that's what I'm looking to see from the Clippers. Um, when when you look at what they've done over the past couple of seasons, they've kind of, like you said, load management and and they've kind of bided their time. Can they pull that off again? Can they, can they really go out there and say, Hey, the regular season doesn't mean a whole lot. Let's just, um, whatever, whatever we see, we get the fifth seed, the sixth seed. We'll be fine. Do you think this, the Clippers, Considering that they're running out of players, that they're, they're they're relying now. They've got Rondo under contract, who was not playoff Rondo, and no. is definitely not going to be regular season Rondo. If they keep these guys, 
you're you're relying on Marcus Morris to be really damn good. You're you've got to rely on Kennard to provide some sort of. Can this team go out there and whatever seed its way to a, a deep playoff run? And I'll I'll add a second element to that. Can they in the West still make the playoffs with this scenario? I mean, it, it it's it is a feat to make the playoffs in the Western Conference any any year, any and every year. The it is so stacked. And even when you look at the the play-in uh from this year and, and also the bubble, it's getting harder and harder. Uh as far as like what do the Clippers need a high seed? compared to the Lakers or or somebody like that who can say, oh, it doesn't matter what seed we get. We're just going to get to the playoffs, and then we'll go from there. I think the Clippers are a team that would actually benefit greatly from having one of those higher seeds, not necessarily like because you have the pressure of a higher seed, but you know you have the home court. They don't seem to be in this you know two-year iteration of PG and Kawhi as a very cohesive unit, a team that has and displays strong team chemistry, and is mentally strong come playoff time. PG showed up a couple of times and gave some big performances, but I think collectively that team is mentally weak. And if you're a mentally weak team, you you better get home court, at least for the first round, maybe the first two rounds, ideally all the way through the playoffs. Um, But yeah, I mean, like you said, they need to get production from the – can Zubats turn into like a borderline quasi-star of a center? Like who sees that happening? I w- here is a name that I've been thinking of with the clip so recently, John. I'm going to throw this name at you, and I want to see what you think. He's not doing anything right now. He's got some history with the Clippers. He was Lou Williams before Lou Williams. Jamal Crawford. You think <laughs> you think they could sign that dude to a vet minimum and say, go be our second leading scorer behind PG until Kawhi gets back? You know what? Why not? There are people <laughs> <laughs> Look, I just watched Luis Scola play well for Argentina. I'm pro 40-plus-year-olds going out there. I'm, I don't know how old Jamal Crawford is, really, but uh, I'm all for the old guys coming in and making a difference. So, yeah, let's do it. But you know what? And we'll wrap it up with this. That's exactly the type of thing that they have to even be thinking. Like someone is sitting around that that big round table in a conference room going, what about Jamal Crawford? And I'm like, there's going to be guys who go, oh, God, is that where we are right now? And like, yeah, that's where we are right now. So, yeah. hey, not- Jamal Crawford, f- for the record, 41 years young, just like Luis Scola. Oh, that is called synergy, my <laughs> I love it. Um, all right, we're going to leave that there on that note and take it into the Ben Simmers rumors after the break, after I talk to you about Spotify Green Room on the YouTube channel. I'm going to let Matt Peck not have to stand there and stare into a camera as I tell you about Spotify Greenroom, which is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. It's like a sports talk radio in your hands. You come in, I create a room. I do my my rooms on Friday afternoons to talk Celtics. A lot of our hosts are on there. Just go to the NBA channel and you'll find a conversation that suits you. It doesn't have to be the Celtics, could be the Clippers. There's conversations about every team. You come in. You can ask to be on stage, you make a comment, we have a conversation. You can be in the chat room just having a, a conversation about what, what I'm saying, what the host is saying, and what, what the chat room is talking about in general. So it's a great time to get there. You want to talk to a host like me, you just want to get your friends together on Spotify Green Room. you can do that. You can invite people in. 
it's fantastic. So go and download the free Green Room app right now. It's available on all iOS devices. The, the Android device works, although right now you can't go into the chat room on the Android device. So yes, it's very much in beta. Create your profile, link your Twitter, join the NBA group for the latest league updates. You can follow me at John Corrales on Spotify Green Room. So I know you won't want to miss it. I'm looking forward to it. See you there at Spotify Green Room, changing the way we talk about sports. With the NBA Finals winding down and free agency coming up quick, we're starting to get into rumor season. Oh, we love rumor season. Nothing kicks up those page views and those listens like rumor season. Ben Simmons rumors now because Ben Simmons is the most tradable guy. Let me let me ask this before we get into these rumors here. What was your feeling like the day that Philly got eliminated? Were you one of the people who was like, oh my God, well, they gotta trade Ben Simmons now? Were you were you among in that group? He, yes, especially after I heard his co-star teammate and his coach throw him under the bus. Yeah, I mean, go, when when you heard those quotes from Doc and from Embiid, yeah, I think the you know Embiid saying the game really shifted when we had a wide open dunk and and we chose not to take it, and then Doc being asked point blank, can Ben Simmons be the starting point guard of a championship team? And Doc said, <laughs> like. How, uh, how do you come back from that? I don't think you can come back from that. Now let me ask you this, though. When, as we talk about these rumors, how strongly do you feel about Philly still having to trade? Do you still feel like it has to happen or have those emotions kind of settle down a little bit? I, I mean, there are plenty of examples of uh, – Two egos, multiple egos, whether it be all players or a couple of players and a coach, one player, one coach, butting heads and, and dirty laundry getting aired out to the entirety of the NBA world. And then it eventually the dust settles. We all move on and we make we we make nice. I mean, how, how long were CP3 and James Harden teammates who hated each other until they finally were no longer teammates? And how many stories, how many headlines did we read about it's untenable in Houston and we're all they were together for months and years after the first one of those headlines. So it's not like it is uh, – it would be surprising if he is still in a Philly jersey to start the 21-22 season, but I don't think it's impossible. Yeah. So the, the reason I ask you this stuff is because personally, my my feelings – like I was in that, like, like you said, the exact same feeling that after all of this, you got you, – you, there's no way he comes back. But now reading these rumors, or at least the, they're not even like full scale this guy for this guy rumors, but when I see, the, this is from Sham Sharania of The Athletic, who says they want an all-star caliber player in return. According to a source, they want an all-star caliber player in return. And I think like maybe when they were eliminated, I would have said, well, you're lucky if you get a player in return, <laughs> like any player in return. Um, but now I think, all right, you know, maybe all-star is pushing it. Maybe this is somebody who's feeding Shams a little bit like, Hey, you know, we're still trying to prop up his value here. Uh, but I still can see 
uh, and, and another part that he says here is that interest around the league is robust. Robust, so, right. I robust. remember reading that word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's always a fun word. That's that's a word you don't really find much until like the trade deadline or before free agency starts. Right. Uh, but that if that is true, then all it takes is a couple of teams to be competing with one another for there to be some sort of bidding war. I don't think that Simmons is is as bad as it seemed at the end of that playoff run, right? Like he still does a lot of things. And the hope I think from the other team would be that maybe you've been humbled a little mm-hmm. bit by all of this. And, and now it's time to really start working on, on your game. So I don't think that at a 25 year old at, with his skills, I don't think that that's going to be a guy that just gets given away. No, I don't think so. Uh, and in that report from Sharanya that you mentioned, he also said teams engaging with 76ers about Simmons have been met with a high price threshold. Uh, and you mentioned that they're looking for an all-star. So yes, people are talking about how Simmons trade value right now is at an all-time low just because of the way that that he and the Sixers exited the, the Eastern Conference playoffs. Some would say prematurely. He is still a guy with multiple all-star appearances, multiple all-defensive team nods. He's got an all-NBA nod on his resume, and he is basically a top-five perennial defensive player of the year candidate. Those are all useful things. Uh, I mean, over here in Bulls land, Bulls fans can't stop talking about Ben Simmons because we haven't had a good point guard since Derrick Rose. So obviously there are things that people like about Ben Simmons, but it is a question of recency bias with yeah. the NBA and, and it is always a thing with NBA Twitter and NBA talk and this player just did this two days ago so now everything that we thought we knew about that player before that two days ago thing happened is out the window and people are talking about Ben Simmons like he's absolute trash and you can get him in a trade for a ham sandwich I don't think that's going to happen I think the only way that some team out there can get lucky and get uh, Simmons for a low ball kind of offer is if they don't get the King's ransom offer. And as they are waiting for the King's ransom offer, the situation gets less and less tenable with Simmons, with doc, with his teammates and, and everything else. And they just say at a certain point, we have to deal with this. Like the Rockets were like, we have to deal with chubby James Harden in the warm up, you know, layup line. Like we can't, we can't do this anymore. <laughs> How did James Harden go from chubby to like skinny in a matter of a week? Was he wearing a fat suit in that thing? He, I think he was wearing a sumo suit. Like, there's no, <laughs> there's no way he put on actually all that weight. Twenty five pounds later, his uh, his first warm ups with with the Brooklyn Nets was like James Harden, like yeah. God, we're like, who is this? Right. Uh, so the thing with Sims, you're right. The, the recency bias is is a hundred percent. Like, okay, so the, the guy lost confidence in the playoffs and, and got into a mental state. Like, if anything here, it's it was his mental state that, that really suffered the most in that playoff run and in that elimination from the playoffs. So the skills are there. He's still there, – there's two sides to this. He's still the same player that he was when people valued him highly. The problem is he's also still the same player that he was – when he came into the league and there haven't been any development necessarily in his game. Like we haven't seen him add to his bag, so to speak. Like he's still the same guy. 
So that's that's where if there's any hope for Philly to hold on to him, it's that look, you know, Doc has the cachet to to, to sit him down and and say things, and Daryl Morey has the cachet to sit him down and say things. Be like, look, kid, you are great, but you haven't gotten any better, and you haven't put in the work to get yourself better. So right. you just want to be this guy, then okay, fine. This is who you're going to be. If you want to be like, if you want to take that next level, if you want to take that leap into superstardom, into MVP candidate, into perennial all NBA candidate, like you got to, you got to do some work, man. You got to, you got to work on something, whether it's switching to your right hand or figuring out like, Hey, go out there and shoot. Look at Giannis putting in the work to shoot. Eventually right. you'll get there. Right. Um, I'll never shake the the comment that he made. I think his second or third year when people talked about him still not being able to shoot, he says, yeah, but I'm still an all-star. And that attitude has been pervasive for his his entire time in the NBA. That's his biggest problem. If they can get him to, to break that, then I don't know that they, they even have to trade him. Right. I, I mean, it does make you question the guy's work ethic. I mean, and like, and fairly question his work ethic. Players in the NBA that come in as, you know, I, I'm known as stopper, but I want to be more than that. I want to turn into a a well-rounded player. You know, Jimmy Butler is the first name that comes to mind. A young NBA player who was like, okay, Tom Thibodeau said, go guard our opponent's best player every night. And while in off seasons, and while he was fighting for minutes, he worked on his you know offensive game. And Jimmy Butler's no Kevin Durant on the offensive end. But the dude could score 25 points a night. The dude could score 40 for you in an NBA Finals game if, if he feels the need is there. Ben Simmons hasn't learned how to shoot. And he's been in the NBA how many seasons now? And, yeah. like, there are plenty of flawed all-stars. All of – like, there are no perfect players in the league. Luka, Giannis, whoever you're talking about. Flawed all-stars and superstars. But his flaw is the worst one to have right now in the NBA where – you're afraid to shoot in the fourth quarter, and you're a starting point guard who can't shoot threes. I, I, I mean, like that is a a deathly combination of of flaws for 2021 NBA, and it is a fair reason that some people and, and some NBA executives out there might say, "I'm kind of scared of Ben Simmons right now," because as you said, John, we have no evidence that he has actually tried to fix those flaws in his game. He's still just saying, no, I don't need to shoot threes. Whatever. I've, I've, I've got enough going for me. The other side of this is that, and, and this is my last comment, there's no real good trade out there for Philly to make. There, there really isn't. And well, Unless somebody comes up with a surprise package, the only one that makes any kind of modicum of sense is the one to Portland for C.J. McCollum that everybody wants to keep throwing out there. Right. That's the only one that makes any bit of sense. And okay, yeah, that'll get some shooting around Joel Embiid. Maybe that'll work. Uh, maybe that gets some some help in Portland, and and you can figure it out there. But that's that's not something that makes me think that oh, this fixes both teams. I think I think it just kind of changes what what problem each team has. Right. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I that's the one that I'm seeing the most right now too. Aside from from Bulls people being obsessed with the Simmons trade idea. Um, but I, I think that's a non-starter because Bulls fans keep talking about, oh my gosh, Simmons and, and Zach would be so great together. It's like, stop right there. 
if 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 the Sixers are giving up Simmons, they're gonna ask for Zach. Like that's a non-starter. Yeah. Um, I, I would love to see Simmons paired with with Dame uh, and and figure out how that works. But th- you're right; there aren't any other obvious solutions that come to mind. What about your Boston Celtics? Boston Celtics need need themselves a Ben Simmons. <laughs> no, we got a Marcus Smart. That's that's it. Right. We we got shorter Ben Simmons. Actually, no, he's better than Ben Simmons in my opinion in a lot of ways because. He can actually go out there and shoot, and he had right. You know, what did Marcus Smart do? He taught himself how to shoot threes. Right. He holds the Celtics record for most three pointers made in a game. So um, he's not a great three point shooter, but he can go out there and hit thirty three or thirty four percent, which is exactly what you want Ben Simmons to do. Go out there if you can shoot thirty two percent. That's better. At least, at least there's something there. So, right. Then you don't have to see the screenshots of people watching a game where the opponent's guarding Ben Simmons. It's like he's got the ball behind the three-point line, and they're giving him about 15 feet. <laughs> His defender is on the baseline. Uh, all right, so we'll come back. Hey, look, there's an NBA Finals game to talk about. I know the guys yesterday uh, talked a lot about the Finals. We're going to talk some more about the Finals uh, after I tell you about Built Bar, which is the best-tasting protein bar on the market right now go to builtbar.com and check out all of the special flavors that they actually i should i gotta correct myself i keep saying builtbar.com it's built.com because they want to get you this stuff faster so you don't have to even type in the bar just type in built.com and you're gonna go and see all of the great flavors that they have grasshopper cookie still available amazingly the special flavor that tastes like a mint uh thin mint that you would get those girl scout cookies well now they've made it into a protein bar called Grasshopper Cookie. So go to BuiltBar.com and check it out. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you're going to get 15% off your order. And hey, they even got a special deal here where you get a free gift with this purchase. You know, you just got to go Built.com regularly because when it's time to restock, they're giving away all sorts of gifts and specials and they've got all these other products. I'm telling you, I have a Built Bar at the gym after I go and I work out. It's great because something like this uh, this grasshopper cookie bar, which again, tastes like a freaking Thin Mint, gives me 17 grams of protein and only 150 calories. So it doesn't blow out my cardio. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Bet online is the fastest and, e- fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. You can throw some money down on that game we're talking about next, game four of the finals at Milwaukee. You can bet on baseball when it returns. They're playing the All-Star game right now as we record. And whatever else you want to bet on, international sports, you can bet on Team USA if you're so if you're so inclined. So head on over to Bet Online, use your laptop, use your mobile device, either one, and create your free profile and use the promo code Lockdown. You're gonna get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So Lockdown gets you a 50% welcome bonus. That's whatever you deposit. 200 bucks in your first deposit, $100 welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Please gamble responsibly. Today on the road to the finals, our NBA Finals coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it, and at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy these finals games a little bit more this postseason. Uh, Matt, what do you think here? It's uh, the Milwaukee Bucks now down 2-1 going into a game four, which obviously 
super important because if you go down three one heading back to Phoenix is their your toast. Mm-hmm. What do you think the chances are here that Milwaukee can even up this series? Honestly, I like Milwaukee's chances. Um, assuming that we see the same dominant Giannis that we saw in games two and three, which I think is the story of these finals. I Even if the Suns go on to win this and, well, oh, Chris Paul finally gets his first ring in his 16th season or the rise of Devin Booker and, and his young sidekick, DeAndre Aiden. But we can talk about all of the fun Sun stories, but even if the Bucks lose this series and Giannis continues to put up games like this, this is one of those questions of, can the team that loses the finals have the finals MVP on it? I yeah. mean, back-to-back 40-point games. So, you know, everybody's throwing out these Shaq and Giannis comparisons. It's about Giannis's supporting cast and whether or not they are the, you know, the Jekylls or the Hydes of themselves. It's like, I, I can't remember. I think it's uh, my, my pal Ricky O'Donnell, uh, who, who does great uh, NBA and college draft stuff, had a tweet that was like, it's really a shame that Chris Middleton turns into Tony Snell every other night. And it's like, it's true. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. And, and, and like, you know, do you get good Bobby Portis or do you get bad Bobby Portis? Do you get like all-star Drew Holiday or do you just get eh, Drew Holiday? Yeah. Because we saw them all step up in games five and six of the conference finals after Giannis went down. And we thought, oh, the Bucks are toast. And they had just virtuoso performances without him to get them here. Can they give 50% of that while Giannis is being Giannis? If so, I like their chances in game four. And honestly, I like their chances to win the series. Yeah, I, I still like I, – I- want to give full credit to the Phoenix Suns because they're obviously very, very good. I still believe that the Milwaukee Bucks can win this series. I still think they will. Um, But it's going to take something that you don't normally get, which is good Chris Middleton on the road. But that's that's something for the the pregame seven, if we get there, discussion. The the key, I think, to, to game two, like you said, with Giannis, it's not just Giannis being dominant. It's DeAndre Ayton just having no idea what to do with him. And if Ayton gets into foul trouble again, that's where I think the Suns get into some super trouble because of the Sarich injury. So it, it's really on Giannis to go out there and force that issue. But I'm, I'm going with one of the, the, those role players, like you said. It's Drew Holiday to me. And if Holiday can go out there and be – kind of in control, obviously the defensive menace that he is, but in control and and the the all-star version of himself versus the Eric Bledsoe imitation that he was doing, that right there, I think, is the entire difference in this series. And and I don't know if if that game three is going to be what gives him the confidence to come out and play this way. Um, for Milwaukee's sake, I hope that that's something that wakes him up because right. – if he can go out there and be just just Drew Holiday, the New Orleans guy, like nothing even special, just be the guy that they traded for. Now that changes right. the entire dynamic. That gives them the opportunity to steal one of those games in Phoenix. Yeah, and I think it was key that Middleton um, had a good start in game three. Either he or Drew Holiday have to be aggressive looking to get shots out of the gate um 
just one of them so that Giannis has enough energy to be the guy down the stretch. And, and I, I think it was, it, it was, was it his third quarter where Giannis just put up an insane stat line in the court? If, if he has the energy to play like his MVP self in the second half, I really like the Bucks chances, but either Holiday or Middleton have to be aggressive looking to get their open looks in the first half to get the Milwaukee Bucks feeling confident, to get themselves feeling confident because, you know, like Middleton had a quiet second half after his first, you know, first half out uh, onslaught in game three, but it didn't really matter because like the Bucks as a team were moving the ball well. They went on a big run, uh, you know, in the second and they put the game away. But what the Bucks can't afford to do is dig the holes that they sometimes dig for themselves, where it's like the offense has no no movement. Giannis is like dri- over dribbling or just wasting time around the perimeter, and they chuck up a bad shot, and all of a sudden, oh, like oh, Bucks are down ten, like in the blink of an eye. That is how they get in trouble. They need Holiday and Middleton to help Giannis facilitate that offense and get out to a lead and control Game Four from the jump. Yeah, and from the Phoenix side, obviously, it, I think there's an added emphasis on getting Devin Booker going. He had, his, you know, his worst game of the playoffs in in Game Three. Okay, fine, that happens, and and you know, you're you're going to see different styles of defense from the Milwaukee Bucks. If the Bucks can prevent him from doing the things that he he wants to do early, I feel like Booker is going to have this tendency to say, "All right, look." If I can, if I can come out hot, we can get up three-one, and we've got this. This is a pressure situation, I think, for Booker, and there's a risk that he could be forcing shots early. I think it's important for Milwaukee to to make sure the defense on Booker is sound and and. Um, that it adjusts, that, that, that it's varied, and that that they play into his desire, I think, to want to take over without giving him the opportunity to take over um, because I, I feel like he's going to want to come out hot, and that's going right. to be a focus of his. And it's a very much a use the your opponent's momentum against him. Sure, right. you want him to come out hot? No, he wants to come out hot. No problem. We're gonna we're gonna kind of play those passing lanes, and we're gonna throw a late double, or we're gonna throw a, a late some kind of late action there that that kind of forces him to I don't know that throws him off a little bit. Something that takes advantage of his desire to be aggressive while using that against him. Right. It, it makes me think of of the really insightful commentary from Draymond Green. Uh, I want to say, you know, in the conference semis or conference finals, and I think they were talking. Maybe, maybe he was talking about Rudy Gobert uh, and, and about you know these star players on, on either end of the floor. You can't take away everything that they do, but you can push them and, and try and and you know um, kind of gear them into spots on the floor where where they are least comfortable. And, and if, if that for Devin Booker is trying to get a young star who has all of this pressure on his shoulders that he feels to, that he has to carry this team to overperform, to push the boundary, to, to force things and take bad shots, then that would be a good defensive strategy for the Bucks. But, you know, as you were talking about trying to make certain defensive adjustments for Booker, if you're Milwaukee, that to me is the other really fascinating matchup coming into game four 
is how Monty Williams responds to how game four went versus what Mike Budenholzer does coming out of a blowout victory. Because these two coaches could not be more different in the credit that they are getting versus the level of hot that is their seat coming into these playoffs. Nobody expected Monty Williams to lead this ragtag team to the finals. And people have said, kudos to what Tibbs did in New York, but Monty Williams got robbed of coach of the year. And I would probably, as much as I love Tibbs from the Chicago days, put myself in that category. Meanwhile, it's like every other game, everybody in the NBA who watches this league is saying, what is Boone doing? What is Boone Holzer doing? Some of the things that he is is doing with Giannis, what he's doing on the offensive end, the lack of in-game adjustments. How does he get his team to play with the same level of intensity and and need that they played with in game three, again in game four, knowing that Monty's going to change some things up on him? Well, it's going to be a fascinating kind of back and forth here between these guys. Um, this this series, I don't think it's over. I think it goes seven. So uh, it's going to be it's going to be very interesting to see if Milwaukee can make me sound smart. Uh, <laughs> we all want it to go seven, right? Because once this is it, it's it. We got to yeah. wait until hopefully October. Right, right. No, and look, it's a good series. I, I like, I like the this, I like this series, and I, I hope, I hope it gets the the proper credit when it's all all said and done. All right, we're gonna wrap it up right there. Matt, tell the folks where they can find you on the socials. You can find me on Twitter at bulls underscore peck, and you can follow us locked on bulls at locked on bulls. Do that. Follow me on Twitter at reds army underscore john. Uh, I host the Locked On Celtics podcast. So thanks for listening to the show. By the way, we got this awesome ultimate mock draft coming up starting July 19th. All of the hosts, except for those of us who represent teams that don't have first round picks. So (laughs) we're not taking part in it, but everyone else is doing a full mock draft, a real mock draft with trades and all that stuff. Chad Ford, Brian Scalabrini, Ryan McDonough are going to be analysts. So search for the ultimate mock draft. 2021, uh, wherever you get your podcasts or on the new Odyssey app. Odyssey is your new audio home for all sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y.